Hallelujah. Thank you all for being here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank God we're gathered in freedom to worship Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe a lot while what's going on and what's going to go on has a lot to do with tonight's message. And if you have your Bibles, look with me in Proverbs chapter 1. Just want to share some things with you as we go. We've been studying on wisdom for a while now. I don't know how long we'll continue. Don't forget this Sunday's Mother's Day. Please bring all the mothers and mothers want to be. And uh, that, that didn't sound right, huh? No. But bring them because we got a present for the mothers want to be. That's why I said that. And uh, we got some special things. And this is going to be a healing Sunday. It's going to be a blessing. So I want to encourage you to come and we'll have a good time. I want you to see with me in Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 2, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2. You know, we were reading there in Acts about, they said you can't preach or teach any longer in that name. Well, how many of you know the Bible says that the blood of Jesus still speaks? And that we are being so saturated with the Word of God. Jeremiah says that our bones speak. That you can shut us up, but it's still within our bones. And the Spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. And praise God, wherever you are, you are, tab- you are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. You are tabernacled by the glory of God. So you just go ahead and worship God and just act like there's nothing at all going on. And God is going to be God. And a lot of this has to do with what we're going to teach tonight. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. I want to stop right there. To know wisdom and instruction. Say that with me. To know. To know that word to know there, um, I'm going to give you a few definitions here that I found just found here lately. And uh, that word to know is a very intimate word. It means to perceive, to understand, to acquire knowledge. Uh, but it's it's a deep word, and it's a it's a word for intercourse. The word know is to know intimately. For example, your mate. Let me give you an example. When I was 13 years old, my dad opened my door and threw a book on my bed, a little Christian book about uh, sex. And uh, I got that little book and I read that little book. But there was a big difference between 13 years old reading that little book on sex than after 27 years of marriage. uh, I know a little bit more than I did when I read that book. I don't know how to say it, but, but just follow me here. That word there means to know intimately, sexually, like a man knows a woman. It means sexual intercourse. And I'll, and I'll bet everybody here is freaking out. My God, we're hearing about wisdom and this guy's talking about sex. Well, no, that word to know means that at that moment is when you are one. Spirit, soul, and body. And that word no means an intimacy. And I'll give you another example. My little boys, there's a big difference. Like I've got my second son who's getting ready to get his driver's permit. There's a big difference between them playing with their little cars and and playing cars on the TV and actually getting behind our car and driving. 
There's a difference between knowing a car and driving a car. I'll give you another example right quick. How many know what this is? You know what it is, but you really don't know it unless you know how to play it. And so... I could do Stairway to Heaven, but I won't do that. I've done enough of that. <laughs> anyway, listen. You say, oh, look, what's he? he's cutting up. No, listen. You know what that is, but you don't know it. Now, if you know how to tune it, you know how to play it, and you know your chords, you know it. You're wondering what's going on in the world. Because a lot of people know about God. Like they know that there's such thing as a guitar. But they don't know God. And it says to know wisdom. And if you're taking notes, that word wisdom is, is the word, Hebrew word for the plans and the purposes of God. You're not here to live a life that's confused about what are we going to do. No, the, the, I'm, I'm going to show you where we're going here. There's an intimacy with God and his word that brings you to a place where you, you really know. There's, there's a giving and a receiving. There's an there's a, a, a intimacy there that goes beyond natural understanding. It means to make, that word to know means to make oneself known. God wants to make himself known to you as you're desiring to make yourself known to him. It means to be familiar, to be aware of, to announce, to appoint uh, it, it just speaks about all these different words to describe God, to describe not only knowing of an instrument, but knowing how to play an instrument. And so th- there's this knowing that God is wanting to get into our hearts and lives that will keep us from walking around confused. And as we're going to get into tonight, in this hour, leaning to our own understanding. I want to get to know the plans and the purposes of God for this hour. I want to have an intimacy, a relationship here. And what's interesting too, that this word to know wisdom, the plans and the purposes of God, it goes on to say to, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instruction of wisdom. In other words, I want to give you a wisdom that breaks down all the resistant barriers of your life, whatever's holding you back, whatever restrictions remain, whatever bondages remain, I've got a purpose and a plan through intimately and wholeheartedly getting to know my words and my purposes and my plans and my will for your life. And then that word, it says, to know wisdom and instruction. That word instruction here means chastisement, correction, punishment, and discipline. And, and I thought, you know, that, that doesn't seem to be going together right there. To know wisdom, the plans and purposes of God, and, and, and to know the punishment and correction and discipline. So I did a word study on it, and, and, and I, I want you to take a few notes on this. This is awesome. We read a few weeks, the last time we shared on wisdom, that if you love a child, you correct them. And we read in Proverbs chapter 22, it said... 
15, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. So that word there, to know wisdom and instruction, God is saying, I'm going to correct you and I'm going to move you because this is what the word there means. I don't want to speak to you as I'm God and you're my creation. I want to speak to you who I made in my likeness as an equal. Watch what this is saying here. This is saying in the Hebrew, I'm not a God who looks down. I'm not a God who wants to talk down to you. I want to talk to you face to face, eye to eye. I want to talk to you as an equal. God didn't stay in heaven and talk to Adam in the cool of the day from heaven. He would come down and he would walk with Adam as an equal. Because he said in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image. And to receive, to know wisdom and to receive instruction, to to the corrections that we receive, the Sometimes the things we go through to make us more and more Christ-like so that the correction is to make us so much like Him that it's not a talking down to us, but a talking with us and a us talking to Him. For example, something just happened uh, uh, last Thursday or Friday. Moda's boy just finished his fourth semester at uh, A. And uh, he's in finals, and he was freaked out, and he had a he had two he had two jobs going on that day, and and then coming home from school in the finals, and he was all freaked out, and he came by the church, and he had a a real bad attitude, and we were just quiet, and you know he did his thing, and he was gone most of the time, so we were glad about that, but anyway, he had a bad attitude, and so you know I'm at the house that afternoon, you know what am I going to do about that kid when he gets home from work? He had to work till nine or ten. And I'm been, I've been praying for him because he had this attitude. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, I'm just going to chew him out. I'm going to tell him this. I'm going to tell him that. But, you know, him and his, my, his wife, his wife, my wife, his mom and I were talking. And, and the Lord just had us just pray. And she went to bed because he got home late. And he came and he sat in the living room. And he says, Dad, I want to apologize for my attitude today. He says, I had a bad attitude. I found something out at school. I found something at work. The computers didn't work at school. And I just had a bad attitude. And I want to ask you to forgive me for the way I acted. So you see, the relationship changed. Instead of me having to talk down to him as a son, we sat down and we had communion as two grown men. And he shared his heart with me. And I got to listen to him. I got to feel him. We got hooked up. God wants to hook up with you. We get this image where we think God is always ready to say what we're doing wrong. No, he wants us to go through the correction, receive the wisdom, so he could just all of a sudden sit down and talk to you as his equal. Now, we are not equal with God. You know that. He's sovereign. I'm not saying that. But in, in a relationship as one, that you don't have to always just be, okay, He's looking down at me. He's ready to put me down. No, I want to raise you up to my level so that we could communicate and we can talk. We are disciplined and asked to discipline ourselves so we can grow in divine wisdom and instruction so God can talk to us as equals, as what He created Adam to have, we can have. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome, church? That I don't have to live my life and you don't need to have the mentality... Well, I'm going to live my life and I guess I'm just going to be slapped right and left my whole life because I'm so hard-headed and I'm never going to learn. No, he's saying, no, no wisdom 
and receive instruction. So we don't have to have a life of always messing up and, and, and learning things the hard way, but have an open heart, have a teachable spirit, and allow me to impart my wisdom and my instruction, my knowledge into you, so that, that I'm not always talking down like, okay, I'm going to have to correct you again. I'm going to have to fuss you again. Okay, I'm going to have to teach you that lesson again. No, no. He, he had to talk that way with the children of Israel, but Moses he would bring to the mountain to talk to him face to face. We all can be like Moses. We all have received the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. And so we can have this intimacy and this relationship to where we can grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Amen? Amen. It says in 1 Corinthians... Look with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. We're growing, hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2, let's start with verse 13. Let's go ahead and start with 13. Look what it says. These things we also speak, not in words which man wisdom teaches. You can't have an intimacy with man's words like you can with God's words. Man's words are repeat. God's words are breath and life. These things we speak not in words which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. Know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Look at this, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have, say that with me, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Ever, ever have that feeling like something's wrong? Is it real? It's a real feeling like something's wrong. What we're talking about that word no is the word for intimacy between a husband and a wife. When you're in an intimate moment, you never have a question what you're doing at that moment, do you? How many of you know what you're doing? Uh, you are there, right? At that moment. Don't, okay, I'm sorry for where I'm getting, but this is what that word means, so I just want to go there. Okay, everybody's conscious what's happening at that moment. Right? Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's how intimate and knowing you are with the, when the Word of God is revealed to you by the Spirit. When, when you're reading your Bible in the natural, a lot of times your mind's everywhere. But when you're having a moment, you're nowhere else. You're right there with the Spirit of God. That's the difference between reading the Word and having a relationship with the Word. When I'm having a relationship with the Word, you lock the door. Kids can't come knocking. It's quiet time. It's alone time. It's intimate time. TV's off, I hope. All these things, I'm not going to get no more into it. i got people look at me crazy here tonight. But I'm trying to throw these things at you because you've got to see the same relationship with the Word, knowing in a marriage as knowing with the Word. That nothing else is going to distract me right now. It can't distract me right now. 
Okay? I'll stop there. But the instruction of the wisdom, the intelligence, that also means there to give good sense. Now look at verse 4 in Proverbs uh, chapter 1 there, verse 4. It says that he wants to give wisdom and spirit. So many people say, well, you know what? I'll never be able to have that type of relationship. I'll never grow in that type of wisdom. It says to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, uh, to receive instruction and wisdom. Look at verse 4. To give prudence to the simple. Or in other words, these Proverbs gives insight to the simple and knowledge to the discerning of the young. Now I want you to write this down. Verse 4 is saying this in a nutshell. There are no excuses for anyone to say, I can never grow or I cannot have a relationship like that. There are, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying here. There are no excuses why you can't have that type of intimacy and understanding and get revelation from the Word. If you say, yeah, but I'm simple-minded. I don't have schooling. I didn't graduate. I didn't go to Bible school. I can't get revelation. You know, you pull all these words out and you do all this and then the other. The great thing about Proverbs and the thing that the Proverbs wants to show you is that God gets glorified when people believe He is not a respecter of persons. Our Father is not a respecter of persons and the way He gives to one, He wants to give to all. Amen. Look with me. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He gives, gives it to the simple. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except, except the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God knows them. Now we have received. Say with me. We have received. Are you born again? Then say, I have it. Oh, hallelujah. Not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God. That we might know. Woo! That we might know. Somebody shout out, no. Intimately know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in the word which man speaks, but also with the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man doesn't receive it, for the Spirit of God is the one who gives it. Now look with me in Matthew 11. Look at Jesus praying here. He says He gives it to the simple ones. Those who say, you know, I'll never understand that. I don't know, if I've never heard God speak to me in an audible voice or in my spirit. Look at Matthew eleven twenty five. Look what Jesus is saying here. Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things. This is the living Bible. Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever. And for revealing them to the childlike. Instead of saying... Pastor, I'm simple. You need to say, I'm childlike. Instead of saying, I'll never be able to capture those type of things, you need to say, I'm childlike, childlike, and a child captures everything. How many of you know you can't get away by saying things to your kids? How many of y'all have a dog that knew how to spell? You ever, instead of saying, you know, you knew you couldn't tell the dog, uh, you couldn't tell your boy, take the dog out, because if you say out, he starts already messing up the floor. So you start, take the dog O-U-T and he does it anyway because he understands O-U-T. 
Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My, my Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father. No one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, you who are weary and carry every burdens, the restraints, and I will give you rest. Rest through knowledge. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden will make you light. So there's no example, there's no excuse. The Bible says He shows, reveals things even to the foolish ones or those who have no understanding. He gives revelation, knowledge, plans, and purposes of God. The next thing, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 4 says, and to the young men. Some people use this, listen to this, some people use youth as an excuse. The Bible says, let no man put you down because of your age. The Bible talks about giving wisdom beyond their years. And, and, and I think for a long, so long time, in fact, when my wife and I first started the ministry, you know how many pastors would tell me, son, you're going to be something when you get in your 50s. When you get a little bit of age and you come down from a lot of that zeal and being loud and crazy, when you finally come down, God better really use you. I can't wait till you really learn how to preach. You know what I needed to hear at 17 years old? Well, son, you go for it. You preach your heart out. And yeah, yeah, a young man is going to make some mistakes, but the Word of God says it even gives wisdom to the young man. A lot of people want to use youth as an excuse. Well, you know, give them a few more years. Give them a few more years. No, I believe the spirit of wisdom can make those few more, few more years to come be revealed in the spirit of the realm now so they can get an understanding now, that I can get an understanding now, that you can get an understanding now. Because I tell you what, I know a lot of old people, and they ain't any wiser. When you're dealing with the Spirit of God teaching the things of God, He's saying it doesn't have nothing to do with your IQ and it doesn't have nothing to do with your age. It has to do with your humility and it has to do with your hunger. Amen, church. So He's saying you don't need to have these excuses. And then His first five Proverbs says that I will hear and I will give understanding. I will increase learning. Six talks about you will get interpretation. Uh, How many of you know that God doesn't get confused? But listen, when we lean to our own understanding, to our own logic, how many know our own voices we confuse with the voice of God? We mess up when we lean to our understanding. In fact, Proverbs, look with me, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. And this is, this is a lot of, right now, a lot of people say, I don't understand how this is happening in our country. I don't understand how this is happening in our economy. I don't understand how this is happening in our, in our country. I don't understand how this is happening in my life. I don't understand how I'm going through this. I don't understand what's happening to my family or to my marriage. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. And He will show you the path to take. Verse 7, the Living Bible. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Listen, my understanding, my reasoning pretends to be the voice of God. 
pretends to be the voice of the Spirit. You've ever heard anybody say, you know, God told me to do this. Then later on they tell you, it must not have been God. You know, by not having that intimacy with knowing and receiving the wisdom and the instruction and the pathway and the purposes of God, and if, if we're not having that intimate time in prayer and in the study of the Word every day, we will fall into that area of leaning to our own understanding because I have to have a decision. I have to make a decision now. I have been walking with Him. It's amazing that when we want the will of God, we're going to fast. When we want to know what God wants us to do, we're going to fast. And a fast is good. But if we'd been living a fasted life, we wouldn't be trying to pressure God. Hey, i got to know something by tomorrow. He says, well, why didn't you start seeking me a month ago? Not for this, but just seeking me for me. Amen, church. Amen. It's quiet in here. God knows our own understanding is corrupt, selfish, and self-centered. Listen, I don't trust me. One thing I have learned in 46 years, I don't trust me. I don't trust me in, in decisions. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. I can make a decision and it may not be the correct one, even though it sounds good and it looks good and everybody else is doing it. But it may not be what the Father wants me to do. It might interfere our relationship. My understanding is selfish. It's corrupt. It's self-centered. His word is trustworthy, holy, and honored. Look at Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. He wants to give us wisdom and knowledge and instruction. And, 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 and increase our understanding of Him and His Word and His ways. And His, His ways that are so supernatural and so awesome. And, and it says here in Isaiah 55, 8, look what it says. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. So if His thoughts are not my thoughts, sometimes what I think He's telling me is really not what He's telling me. It's my thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down in the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth out of my mouth, we're studying in Proverbs, he gives wisdom from his mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy. Where's my joy, pastor? It has to do with walking in wisdom. And be led out with peace. Led, led. Go out and be led with peace and joy. The mountains and the hills, the things, the interferences, they'll break forth into singing before you. The trees of the field shall clap their hand. And instead of having the curse, you'll have the blessing. And it shall be for the name for it, for the Lord, a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. My natural understanding is suspicious. It's fearful. Listen, if we listen too much to the news... The natural understanding of man is going to lead us to suspiciousness and fear. But if I stay in the, with God and I stay in His Word and I'm listening to tapes and I'm listening to worship and I'm building my spirit man up and I'm, I'm hungry for the things of the Spirit, then I will not be led by fear. I will be led by peace. Amen. Sometimes we want quick answers. So God's voice... 
takes on different things and even our own consciences and our own desires and we get confused and we make mistakes and then we start wondering, why didn't God show us or prevent this when He was wanting to show us, I have a plan for you. But listen, Proverbs speaks a lot about the lazy person. A lazy person doesn't want to work even at the working of the Word or work at prayer or work at the Word or work at study or work at taking notes or, or work at studying the Word of God or work at getting another translation and work in digging into the truths of God. A, a lazy person is not going to invest a whole lot because they don't have the energy for that. They only have the energy for what is exciting and, and what they can be around other people doing, but they don't want to take the time to be intimate with God in an intimate way. 2 Kings chapter 7. I want to show you an example of God's understanding compared to ours. I'll show you an Old Testament example here in 2 Kings chapter 7. Verse 1. Because you know we're hearing a lot of wild out things now in the natural. But how many know sometimes God can speak things that sound pretty wild <laughs> and out there too. Look at this, 2 Kings 7 verse 1. Listen, the people, let me tell you where we are right now. The people are buying dove's dung to eat. Dove's poop, if you don't know what dung is. Dove's poop. They're going to the market. What you buying today? What you cooking today? Well, I got a good deal on dove's poop. So they won't buy dove's poop. And they're, and, they're, and they're buying mule's heads. And they're cooking each other's babies. Because there's a famine in the land. They're eating doves poop every day. If they want to feast, they can have a mule's head. And then they're really bad off. They're, they're, they're eating each other's babies. We'll eat our, my baby today and tomorrow we'll eat your baby. And verse, chapter 7, verse 1, the word of the Lord came through Elisha the prophet. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a she a fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two she's a barley. Let me see. Tomorrow this time, this is the Living Bible. It breaks it down for us. Uh, five quarts of choice flour will be cost only one piece of silver and ten quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. That's outlandish. I mean, we're, we're eating our babies and dove's dung and mule's head. That's outlandish. The things of God many times are going to sound outlandish. Look at the next verse. So an officer, a politician, a natural-minded man, on whose hand the king learned, answered, kind of like right now, the king, the president is wanting to come down hard on people who don't pay their taxes, but the treasurer is a man who don't pay his taxes. Look at this. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God. Answer the man of God. See, the natural... Listen, if we're not careful, our natural understanding will answer the pure word of God. Look, if the Lord would make the windows in heaven, could this thing be? See, there's the natural understanding. Write this down. Natural understanding always limits God. And in this hour that we're living in, don't give in to natural understanding. Don't give in to human reasoning. Don't give in to what men say. Lean not to your own understanding. Or we can say, lean not on the understanding at man, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And He will direct your paths. Well, here it goes. So the officer in whose hand the king leaned on said, look, the Lord can make windows of heaven and this thing could not be. How many of you know God can say things like, Sarah, 
you're going to have a baby. And what did Sarah do? Her natural understanding, she laughed and said, I'm impossible. She said, the old man is beyond that and my body's beyond it too. And she laughed. And God says, you're leaning to your own understanding. I don't work with age. I don't have to work with the season. I don't have to work with your understanding. I don't have to work with your knowledge. I don't have to work with your dead body. I could cause things to come to life again. I could cause things to happen because I will cause my plan and purposes to be. So Sarah, don't lean to your own understanding about how you're going to get pregnant. Just know you're going to get pregnant. Oh, the Lord has said so. So that's trusting God with all of our heart, not leaning to our own understanding. And then it goes on to say, and, he, and then the, the, the wisecracker said and, said, and he said, in fact, uh, then it says, the Lord will have to make windows of heaven. Then Elisha said, I'm sorry. In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. That's where we have to be careful that we're not living to our own understanding in these last days. Why, why are they making it and we're not? Why are they getting it and we're not? And he says, okay, you doubted the word of the Lord, therefore you will see it, but you will not partake of it. And guess what? Four leprous men, Gehazi and his sons who were cursed in the time of Elisha for stealing the clothes. Four leprous men are sitting at the gate and they get stirred by by, by the Spirit of God to go into the enemy's camp. And they go and the Lord makes their steps sound like the steps of an enemy. And they all run away and they leave all their food, gold and silver. And the lepers are there eating their fill. And they say, this ain't fair. Let's go back and tell them the city. And they hear about all the food and all the good things. And the guy who was saying, leaning to his own understanding, got trampled by everybody who now believed the word of God. God can do that in this hour. I believe God is lifting up not big shots, but childlike people who are willing to hear God, believe God, and even speak things that sounds totally ridiculous. In this last hour, I believe we are going to have to be so sensitive. I hear it. I don't believe it. But I feel it jumping down on the inside of me. There's something about this word. There's something about what I'm hearing. There's something about what I'm sensing that doesn't make sense to my mind. But there's a party going down on in my spirit, man. There's something between me and God. There's a stirring. There's a fire. There's a fragrance. There's something that's telling me it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to because God is going to get all the glory anyway. And it could end up being the worst that it's ever been before. But God has gone down all the time when there was four lepers and they were eating dumb's dung and revealed his power and might in the worst famine of all times our God can reveal himself now to his people if we just trust him and take him at his word lean not to your own understanding lean not to your own understanding Don't lose his word. What did he tell you that hasn't come to pass yet? Don't lose his word. What has he promised in the word that hasn't been fulfilled yet? A promise, a blessing. Don't lose his word. Elisha, at the face of this official, vice president, saying, I'll have to see it to believe it. Elisha could have said, oh, what if I'm wrong? Where is this food going to come from? God, are you going to be able to make windows of heaven? He could have started doubting, but he didn't lose the word. And then another word came. 
You hold on to one word, another word will come to. And you received another word. You'll see it. But you won't receive of it. And that people trampled them in the gate because they were going to get their blessing. Church, we are born at this time because we're made of what it needs to be made of to see the second coming of Christ come. We're not here by accident. Things that are happening are not by accident. God's in control of everything, but we, the church, need to get sensitive to what the Spirit of God is saying and what He's telling us, particularly one another. Even though it don't make any sense, pray over it. Ask God about it. He says in Malachi 3.10, Prove me now if I will not open up the windows of heaven. Amen. He will do this glorious thing. He will do it. I'll give you another example, and I'll close right quick. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I just want to stretch you into believing what sounds impossible is God. Hosea chapter 2, Hosea chapter 3. You don't have to go there, but how many of you know God spoke to a prophet and told him, I want you to go to the red quarters, and I'm going to show you a prostitute who I want you to take as your wife, and I want you to have children, and I want, to give, I want you to give them prophetic names. Oh, God, no, that's prohibited. Remember Peter with all the ungodly animals coming down in a sheet? Eat, Peter. No, had to send them down again. Eat, Peter. No, had to send it down again. Eat, Peter. No, God, it's it's forbidden. It's prohibited. God said, nothing is prohibited what I desire to do. God, I'm not taking a prostitute as my wife. God says, oh, yes, you are. But that don't make sense. I'm not asking you to walk according to your sense. I'm asking you to walk according to my purpose, my plan, my desire, my wisdom. But God, what good is it going to do? And he married the woman, had a baby, and she went prostituting again. Okay, let's go stone her. God said, no, go get her back and bring her home and tell her you love her and have another child with her. But God, she's been with all these men. just, Just do what I say. And again, and again, and again, Hosea just had to keep on going after that old crazy wild woman. There comes a place when the Spirit is leading and guiding that you just walk to the edge and says, I don't care if it don't make any sense. It don't make any sense leaving Argentina at this time. It don't make any sense leaving at Pondville, living at Pondville at this time. Don't make any sense getting ready to build. It don't make any sense getting ready to do this. Don't make any sense taking on more missionaries when things are looking tighter. It don't make any sense of doing these things. The Spirit of God says, lean not to your own understanding. Amen, church. Amen. Look at me. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. Wisdom will instruct us. Not our mind. Our mind will mess with us. The, the, the three years, listen, the three years her and I were dating before we got married. Do you know how many times I heard voices tell me sometimes she was the right one? And then how many times I heard voices tell me she was the one? You know how many times we prayed and I would hear, thus saith the Lord, I've given you this woman. This is the woman I've prepared for you and take her. Hallelujah. Dad, God told me sin is the one. And then maybe the next day she makes me mad or I make her mad or something happens. Or another girl joined the church. <laughs> you know how kids are. I was, come on, I was only 15. Give me, no, no, that was not true, baby. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. 
but I'm just teasing. It has, you know, you know, it's not true. You were there. Uh, but I'm, <laughs> give me a hat, buddy. <laughs> anyway, you know, how many times the Lord, I, I, the Lord said, the Lord didn't say, I don't know what the Lord said. Leaning to my own understanding, leaning to my own questions. Look at First Peter chapter 4. I, I want to read this in the message translation. First Peter 4 verse 12. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process. With glory just around the corner. Now, I read this and it goes so along with what we started out with. God doesn't want to be talking down or in a belittling way. God wants to talk to us as His equal. What is this saying? Don't get upset or confused or wonder, why am I going through this? Wait a minute. Be thankful. You're going through a spiritual refining process and the glory is just around the corner. All these things, all these things happening. What is happening in America? It's going through a refining process so that Jesus could come back and we can live forever in glory. What's happening in America? That He could prepare His church to be a church without spot and wrinkle. And that we can experience His glory before He comes. Goes on to say, if you've, if you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the Spirit of God and His glory in you. That brought you to the notice of others. All this talk that's going on. They're criticizing the glory of God. The glory of God that dwells in you. If they're on your, if they're on you because you broke the law and disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. But if it's because you're a Christian, don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that Name. Woo! Is that good or is that good? God is doing something great in you. Let's finish Psalm 66. Psalm 66. God is doing something great in you. Pastor, things have been so hard. Well, it is even greater stuff going on. Psalm 66 verse 9. Psalm 66 through 9. Who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. God is building something incredible, durable, long-lasting within us. But He keeps our soul. I, I love the, uh, the message translation says, Rotested inside and out. How many feel you've been rotested? Finally, he brought us to a well-watered place, a place of abundance, a place of blessing. And verse 16 says, come and hear, come and hear all you who fear God. And I will declare what he has done for my what? Soul. What he's done where man cannot see. What he's, he's broken the soul ties. He's broken the restrictions. He's broken the addictions. 
He's broken the chains. I could testify about what God has done in my body. I could testify about my new car. I could testify about my house. I could testify about my job. I could testify about a lot of things. And these are all blessings of God. But let me tell you that in the hard times, when I thought I was about ready to lose it and everything looked like it was going down, that's where God was refining, refining, refining my soulish man to come out tried as silver and gold. So let me tell you what God has done in my soul. He's broken my fears. He's broken my phobias. He's broken my addictions. He's given me revelation when I thought I was going to lose it. He healed my nerves. He healed my depression. He delivered me of oppression. He delivered me of the fear of man. Let me tell you what God has done for my soul. When men were coming against me, I thought God was angry with me, but God was building something inside of me that would cause me to stand that when men were coming against me, there was a strength being formed within me that I would be able to speak even at men in the face that were coming against me. There's something about in the soul because... It's a heartfelt, soul-felt prayer of a righteous man and woman that avails much. Let me tell you what God has done in my soul, not in my mind. My mind changes with the circumstances. But I had to go through some things so that God would develop my soulish man, my spirit man, my man that is connected to Him in such a way that He knows that His Redeemer lives. And that the things come by, people say, curse God that He go ahead and kill you. Give up on the faith. Give up on believing God for a sign and a wonder and a miracle. Give up that things, better days are going to come. But you can, but you can tell my mind, and I can hear all these negative things. But when I'm, the more negative I hear, the stronger my soul is sounding out, saying, "But I will believe in the works of the Lord and the power of the name of Jesus Christ." The more harder and difficult, the more papers come in telling all the bad things that are happening. The greater I see my Jesus standing up and getting ready to see the place of highest honor and praise of doing things that seemed like it was he was being taken totally out of the picture. And now he's totally taken over. Because we lean not to our own understanding. Come and hear about the deliverance that God has done for me. Verse 12 says, You have caused men to rot over my heads, and I went through the fire and through the water. But you brought me to rich fulfillment. Say that. Rich fulfillment. Hallelujah! Stand still and see the salvation of God. God, why did you bring us to the Red Sea so that Pharaoh and all of his army can now kill us? Stand still and see the salvation of God. Lean not to your own understanding. Pick up that stick. What? Pick up the stick. And I'll perform a wonder. Lean not to your own understanding. You're praying over your child. Oh my God. My God, what I'm going to do. And the Spirit of God speaks to you. Anoint her. But God, it says call for the elders. I'm not worthy. You are my daughter. And I say, if you anoint her with oil, I will heal your child. Give somebody, give that tax bonus to missions. Oh no, God, that's our vacation money. Trust in me with all of your heart. Lean not to your understanding. Give me the hundred and I'll give you the thousand. Sow in the land in the year of famine. And in that year you'll reap a hundredfold. Listen, nothing in this divine word will never make total sense to our natural mind. But as we're in a solar spiritual relationship, it makes all the sense. It don't have to make sense. I'm going to do it anyway. Faith by action. Amen. Amen. Glory. Glory. Amen. You receive this? Amen. Amen.
Walking by faith. Walking in the Spirit. Not walking according to our own understanding. Don't make any sense. If you have a need, don't let your need be known. Take it to God. Well, God, if if I tell people my need, then people are going to help me. No, they probably won't. Because God wants you to look to Him and not look to people. Amen. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How am I going to get through these next six months? How am I going to get through? How are we going to get through these next four years? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. How am I going to go through the next three months waiting for Honeybee to get back home? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Jehovah, Shammah, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, the shepherd, will take him and bring him back from Afghanistan. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand.